0: as we're as their transition i just want to say thank you all so much for for coming uh it's almost like all all my little families and situations all came together so you like want to hug everybody at once i'm big but not that big uh, but i'm just really excited i do want to start off with some thank yous. uh first people i want to thank are the Borges family, the Flores family and the Trubiardis family. My wife's family has always been really loving to me and good to me. And it's been uh, it was really hard to prepare a sermon and think about a sermon with all the emotions that were going going through uh, going through my heart. And one of them was like my mother in law not being here, my mama not being here, but God has worked for me and uh, I have a lot of family. Thanks to uh,
1: my cousins. Thank you guys. Thank, uh, thank my family. You know,
0: growing up in the hood, I did not know I was in the hood. Because when you have fun with your cousins, it just all seems normal. So as I got older, <laughs> I figured it out. But before, <laughs> before that, we had some good guys. I want to thank uh, my Good News Bible Church family. You know, there was people that were cooking and getting stuff ready all week and all night. Just amazing people. Vacation with them, love them. It's been a great, it's been great to be part of this family. Uh, when when I've gone through tough times, the family's come around. So I love you all and thank you all. I have another family here called my Network4 family. So I want to thank my Network4 family. This has been the new role I'm in, and it's just been great. We are feet on the ground in schools, helping teachers, helping kids, doing some great work. I love them, it's been great to work with them and get to know them. I want to thank my Chase family. I was at Chase for many years and when I first lived there, I didn't know what I was doing, but I sure was passionate. I spent the first week just doing team building exercises and someone came in and said, you actually have to teach math, reading, and all the subjects. <laughs> and I said, oh yeah, that's, that's right. And I ended up growing and becoming a better, better teacher. And I had a chance to see that school go from becoming a jungle gym or, or a Chuck E. Cheese to like a school. And then the next level seeing it come, become a, from a school to a really great place to work and for kids to learn. And so I just really love my Chase family. You all know that there's one person from my Chase family that she's here. And when I was a little kid in eighth grade and my baby brother died, she was the counselor that that consoled me and then when i went to chase and started working one of the first days we see each other and i was like i know you you helped me and she was like i know you you were that kid
2: <laughs> and
0: we got to work together and this has been great so chase family i love you thank you so much for all you poured to me i want to thank my ici family as a kid i grew up and i grew up going to ici at the age of 10 and i love ici and ITI uh, provided me a safe place to play and travel, travel the world, travel the United States, uh, go to college, and this has done so much to build into me. And so many other
1: kids that I love and became my best friends. I want to thank my, my own family. You all know I have four kids so far,
0: right? <laughs>
2: I love my kids.
0: My kids are are fun. We have a real good time. We often say in our house that we have a party all by ourselves. We just have so much fun. And I love all you guys. And it's exciting
1: to see you guys be a part of this. And uh, I'm excited for that. I love my kids. Then lastly, I just want to thank my wife. She's been married 20 years.
0: started out, it was was pretty rough. It was pretty rocky. I did not realize how uh, selfish and I would say weird I was. Uh, You know, I had a lot of damage and my wife still with me during that and uh, about the marital counseling, which I'm very proud of, being able to work on our relationship. And then now we get to be people that get to help counsel people and, and, and help couples get married. So God has really used us. My wife's been very patient with me. He loves me, he takes care of me, and uh, I love you, baby. This, uh, this is the biggest day of my life. I really am super happy you all are here. I'm super proud. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to speed through a passage because we got some food downstairs. All right. <laughs> let's, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to sing, to worship you to affirm our belief in you. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather and hear from your word, Lord, that you have uh, written to us. We pray that you would bless our, bless our opportunity to hear and bless the opportunity to gain wisdom. And we pray that it will reach and speak to all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus loved his disciples. He spent three years with them. They went around everywhere talking, hanging out, eating together doing ministry, getting corrections. He loved his disciples. They shared life together. They had stories. They had memories. And the context of what we're going to talk about today is,
1: this is coming to the end of that. This is the end of that. There were some things going on. There were some things going on during this story. There was a plot to kill Jesus.
0: There were some scribes, there were some chief priests, there was a plot to kill Jesus. But one of the saddest part of it is, one of the people that helped set this up and make this happen, was some, one of those very disciples, and his name was Judas. And this must have hurt, this must have been really tough for me. Judas, for many, many years, all those three years was probably up to ten friends. And Jesus figuring that out. It also says that before this story takes place that I'm going to talk about today, that the disciples were arguing about who's the greatest, like which one of them are the greatest. Totally neglecting like half of the teachings that Jesus kind of gave them and, and modeled during those years. So it must have been a very sad, frustrating time. And Jesus knows that it's all coming to an end. These behaviors are being exhibited. I think I'm thinking about myself. I'm thinking about you guys. What would you do? You know, coming to an end. You know these things are happening. You might not want to be too nice. You know at the end. Coming to the end, you might be like, this might be my good time to really love them, know, to really love them having, if they're not doing the right thing. But we see Jesus doesn't do that. They share a last meal together. At some point, they end up singing a song together.
1: And this was the last meal he had with him before he went on to die on the cross. And then he goes to the garden where he's going to pray.
0: And He's going to really agonize and have uh, severe pain and hardship and much crying and much weeping. So what would you do before that? You're with your disciples. What would you do? You're going through all of this. I think about what would we do on our last days. Some of us would say we travel the world. We'll find a great adventure. We'll probably be bold to each other. We'll probably even hold each other. Reminisce. Go for a deep talk, deep
1: walk. But Jesus knew that his time was to come. And he was going to, it was all going to be done, guys. what he does is he he does
0: an amazing gesture. You think about that context. And that's where this gesture comes from. Turn with me in your Bibles to John 13. Verses 1-5, through we're going to hit it in three week's John 13, 1-5 says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garment and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped
1: around him. This was the last thing he did. I think it's real different. I mean, Judas
0: was about to betray him. He was one of the twelve that Jesus washed his feet. Jesus knew everything that was about to happen. And then he does this act. Let me tell you a little bit about feet in ancient times. A lot of them wear sandals. Some of you all wear kings. not sort of the same thing. So they wear these sandals, and they would walk around in these sandy areas, muddy areas. And what would usually happen is the family or the, whoever was hosted would have a bowl out there, a bowl of water out there in the basin, so that people could have a slave or the lowest servant wash their feet. And it was something that was unskilled, you didn't need much talent, but it was something that was seen as very, very low. And the Bible tells us that they were having an argument about who's the greatest. So when they go and sit down, they're eating, no one had washed their teeth. But this means something because in those days you would recline, you would sit back. So your head would be somewhere and someone's feet would be near there. So it was appropriate to make sure everyone washed their, washed their feet. But in the heat of the argument, no feet have been washed. No one took that lowly uh, position. And we see Jesus about to do that. And James McDonald says that Jesus washing the disciples' feet is the most supreme act of humility in all of God's word. So in this time, Jesus is humble. When he could have Been so angry, so hurt, he chooses to be humble here. Even when it was not easy and the road was murky and terrible, Jesus was humble. He took the role of a servant.
1: As a pastor, I want to be exactly like this. I do not have any idea in my
0: head to be like a king or anything like that. I just want to be the number one servant. And then I want to do that so that I could teach other people to be number one servant. I just really want to do that. So I'm going to be willing to do whatever it takes. I'm going to be willing to be humble. You know, a lot of people talk about, uh, you got to be careful. You know, people giving me a bunch of advice about being a pastor. you got to be careful. You don't want to be a doormat. But if you think about it, a doormat kind of cleans feet off before you come in, right? And that's the very thing Jesus did. To kind of function as a. Work working doormat. So I'm very willing. And have been living a lifestyle along with my family. Of being willing to, to be low. So that God can be glorified. So just know that that's, that's what I'm on. That's what I want to be on. The story continues. In verse 6. It says, he came to Simon Peter who said to him. Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him. What, what I am doing you do not understand now. But afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That is why he said, Not all of you are clean.
1: You guys notice Peter is very extra. He's always in extremes. He always jumps. But Peter right here shows a false humility. If you think about it, he didn't
0: want Jesus to wash his feet, but at the same time, did he take the servant role and wash the other disciples' feet of Jesus' feet? There's a false humility there. There's another false humility that he's showing in that he does not want Jesus to wash his feet. Some of us, one of our biggest struggles in being humble is we don't allow other people to help us. We always want
1: to be on that upper hand, that upper side. But Jesus swiftly checked him. He always did. And then when Jesus
0: checks him, Peter goes 100% the other way. He says, wash everything. What Jesus tells him is, you're not really understanding now. What you will understand is I'm talking about something spiritual here. This is an example to you all. What he's talking about is, when your sins have been cleansed by Jesus, and Jesus tells him, Jesus tells them, the one who has bathed does not need to wash, it, except for his feet. But is completely clean. And you are clean. So Jesus tells them, your, your sins have been taken away. So your body is clean. Who you are is clean. He tells them that. So now all you need to do is wash your feet. And that's alluded to confession. So we confess to God our sins. But
1: then there was someone in there who, who was not clean. And that was Judas. And so when Peter says, to wash my whole body. He's kind of showing an attitude that maybe he doesn't understand what Jesus is really doing.
0: So Jesus kind of explains it even more. And if you notice what Peter does, he's kind of dictating how Jesus should function. You notice his statements are like very strong? That first one when he says uh, like you're not going to wash my feet, that's the strongest like no that can be pro- recorded in the video. Like, absolutely not. We're talking kind of disrespectfully. Then when Jesus checks that, he goes the other way and tells him, how are you going to wash me? And I think a lot of us, when we think about serving and when we think about how God serves us and helps us, we want to dictate the terms of that. But it doesn't work that way. Jesus dictates the terms. The Savior dictates the terms. And he says that he is the one who cleanses us and forgives
1: us of our sins. At ICI, (laughs) <laughs> at ICI this is where I learned
0: this stuff this is where I learned about God and the great thing about ICI is I had two other guys who I got to it with as well, Brian Dye and Zachary Struthers who came late so they sent us top over
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I learned what it meant to sometimes have my feet washed by Jesus by confessing sin with these brothers and we were disciples together, the guy from uh, Scotland well, speaking from Scotland, that was one of our main mentors. So that was very touching. Thank you for that touch, Bill, for having him speak and share. I want to finish up by reading the rest of the story and giving us some application. Verse 12 says, When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should that you also should do just as I have done to you.
1: For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. In Philippians it tells us, do nothing out of
0: selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not look into your own interest but each of you to the interests of others. and your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. He expects us to follow this model. This wasn't just a picture or a story. He expects us to follow this model. And the pastors of Good News Bible Church, we want to follow that model. We want to serve. We want to be available. We want to go first. We want to be that. Mark 9.35 says, And he sat down and called the twelve, and he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last, And last of all, and servant of all. That's what I'm asking the Lord to teach me
1: and teach this pastoral team. To teach us how to serve and teach us how to be last. Teach us how to be servants. Application of this. No matter how how bad things are going
0: for us, we have no excuses for not serving others. Remember the context in which Jesus did this thing. Everything was going awry. Everything was messed up. But he gives him this example. And guys, I know that my life is not going to be A-OK. I work for CPS. (laughs) We were on strike (laughs) on this
1: But you know what? That can't stop us from serving. That can't stop us from being the first one to Doesn't stop anybody. Next one I put here is the presence
0: of evil does not hinder love and service. Even though Judas was his fake friend and, and Judas, uh, Judas betrayed him, so that Jesus still washed his feet. And my heart is to is to grow in that, being able to not always have to have everything rosy to
1: be able to serve and love everyone. I want our pastors to do the same. And then the last one, the first two are kind of
0: understanding. This last one is a direct verb. Follow the example of Christ, serve others. I have to follow his example. I've become someone that just has read over and over and over what Jesus has done. And that's pretty much my focus. That's what I'm trying to internalize over and over. And that's what I want to do here at Good News Bible Church. I believe he's the ultimate example. And his idea of him serving... As God was perfect and came down and he moved about to die on the cross, this example is something that's just ingrained in my heart. Tim Keller quotes, Even if our own troubles are great, we should still serve. Jesus Jesus washed his disciples' feet on the way to the cross.
1: On the way to the cross. I pray that as a church, we would all choose the towel over the title.
0: Someone tells me, you senior pastor, how does it feel? Uh, A lot of people have been asking me that. And I'll just tell you all, it feels amazing. It feels amazing because I have to be sold out to Christ. I have to be reading. I have to be studying. I have to get ahead of these associate pastors who are all pretty smart. I have to get ahead of all that. I want to lead. I want to serve. I want to help. So it's really pushing me to love God more and more. So it's been a great encouragement. It's been great and uplifting. And I can tell people have been praying for me, but sometimes when I jump, I stay in the air a little bit higher. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs>
0: it just feels, uh, I
1: just feel very encouraged and loved. And so I just want to pray and close us out. Sorry for the speed. You pray and close us out. Dear Lord, I thank you for who you are and the example that you left here on earth for us, Lord.
0: Lord, you've given us examples in every, every area of the scope of life, Lord. But we thank you for the example you give to us as a leader, Lord. Lord, we pray that we would not look at this story as a cute story and move on, but we would look at these understandings, Lord, of how you treated this time, this time of anguish that was coming, Lord, and you still serve. You took the lowliest position. Help us to be the same way, we pray that you would help us to follow your example. Lord, I pray that you would help me to follow your example. And when I'm not, that people would check me and i get right on that. God, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for everyone here. We pray that everyone would be blessed and feel loved, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to serve you and to be like you. You give us the opportunity to be like you, Lord. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.